You are Locked On Fantasy, your daily NFL fantasy podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Greetings, everyone, and welcome to another edition of Locked On Fantasy Football Podcast. As usual, I'm your host, Vinny Ironman. I'm not doing this. I'm writing about NFL and fantasy football for SportingNews.com. Come to site now. We've got all that you need there, the rankings, cheat sheets, my look at the sleepers, the best value picks by average draft position and ranking them. The flip side of that, the do not draft list, the overrated players by ADP and bust to look at. So there's that as well as my fantasy football draft plan here for 2021. Check that out. Here we're going to uh, have some fun on today's show. A quick programming reminder, check out Locked On Fantasy Live tonight at 9 p.m. Eastern streaming on the Locked On NFL YouTube page. I'll be on there with a stable of fantasy experts, including Marcus Mosher from the network. So check us out here. Submit your questions at Locked On Network on Twitter or you can uh, ask your questions live as well. So check that out tonight. Before we get into today's show, i got to tell you it's brought to you by rockauto.com. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. Visit rockauto.com and tell them Locked On sent you. All right, today's show, what we're going to do, and we're going to do this as a mini-series. We like going through the positions here and giving you different angles. We're going to do the running back debate. So we'll do running back debates, quarterback debates, and wide receiver debates here to uh, close out the week. And then we'll start looking at teams here as we have two preseason weekends of the books there on the other side of this week, starting on Monday. So we'll kind of go around, uh, get an update on where these teams stand, stock, watch, and players. So we'll do that, and we'll go division by division there uh, to really spotlight what's going on with those teams there and uh, really just giving you the final thoughts kind of as these teams transition from camp to preseason to just resting for the regular season. So what we'll do today, we'll look at the running back debates. These are guys that are closely ranked, maybe even back-to-back. This is according to the Fantasy Pros Expert Consensus Rankings. We're using that as a baseline. So kind of looking at the industry as a composite. These guys are ranked closely. Again, tough calls, and we're using half-point PPR like we always do here on the show. So we're going to debate uh, because this is interesting. These are all the decisions you get faced with on the clock. They're very tough. The rankings can pull you in a different direction easily here. So for running back, we're going to go with 13, going with the very lucky 13 situations we're going to break down for you. So we'll start right near the top and then go all the way down to the deeper sleepers and what you should be thinking about all the way through the end of your draft when drafting running back. So let's dive right into the first of the decision here. In half-point PPR, Christian McCaffrey and Dalvin Cook have kind of separated. McCaffrey, coming back from injury, should go back to his high-volume and dominant self. Dalvin Cook was a beast also. The receiving skills help him there. The touchdowns, he's the main man. This is a Vikings run heavy offense. So McCaffrey, Dalvin Cook, 1-2 consensus. No question about that. But the next debate begins is Derrick Henry and Alvin Kamara. This is a tough one. Derrick Henry, it's hard to duplicate a 2,000-yard season. It's been incredible. When does the wear start happening with his massive high volume? Does that happen now? Does he break down a little bit? And you again, you don't get anything in the passing game from Derrick Henry. 
And it's Alvin Kamara, who's really stepped up all around as a power back. He also is an excellent pass catcher. The polar opposite of Derrick Henry and his usage there. He's a key receiver here. So you could uh, look at these situations in different ways. But let's start with Henry here. Do we trust Ryan Tannehill is going to stay healthy to complement what they're doing? Do we trust Julio Jones to stay healthy? Because as much as the run sets up the pass in Tennessee, I think the pass is also relevant to keep teams honest against Derrick Henry. And we have A.J. Brown and Julio Jones. That's going to definitely take some attention away. Derrick Henry has been the bread and butter. But it's unreasonable to think he won't break down a little bit with that high volume leading the league in carries for back-to-back years. He's an old-school throwback running back. He's bigger. So could he take some hits? I know he's in his prime and all that, but there is a chance that he, like anybody else, durability risk with high volume at this position, and he's racked it up here back-to-back seasons. It's hard to sustain that over three seasons. Not everyone is Adrian Peterson, a physical rock. Henry is built very strong, so we like it that way, but I think the yardage you can't expect him going 2,000 rushing in. You're relying a lot on that rushing yards, and you're relying a lot on those touchdowns. Where I think Alvin Kamara, you look at the situation with Taysom Hill and Jameis Winston, Michael Thomas not being there, they don't even have a lot of receivers. So there are two things that help Kamara there. This should be a run-heavy offense. They have a great offensive line. They're still pretty dangerous with Hill and Winston because Hill is a runner and he can complement Kamara. We saw with Hill, Kamara wasn't as productive because Hill could steal things, but I expect Jameis Winston to start here. So that's going to help Kamara as well. He's going to be Mr. Checkdown. Seeing the ball all over the field with no Michael Thomas here. Marquez Callaway is a deep threat, but you can't totally trust him as a top receiver. And Adam Troutman is just getting his feet wet as a starting receiving tight end here. So Alvin Kamara is the way I would go here. I think he's going to be a big part of the offense. There's also talk a little bit about the role of Latavius Murray. But they need Kamara with Thomas out. He's their principal. He can do everything for them. I think he'll get more of the McCaffrey treatment here. And that's why I feel comfortable if you're going to go Derek Henry versus Alvin Kamara, number three overall in half-point PPR, I side with Alvin Kamara. The next debate, this is uh, near the end of the top 10, and 9-10, somewhere in that range. It's Austin Eckler of the Chargers and Jonathan Taylor of the Colts. This one's a hard one, I think, because let's start with Austin Eckler. Big time receiving back. He's not going to give you much in power rushing sense, but he's also a very efficient runner. You also have Joe Lombardi taking over. He's got some experience in different situations, the Saints and Kamara in particular with Sean Payton. The running-receiving combination production hasn't always been there in Lombardi's previous stops, so we got to worry about that with Eckler. Is he going to make full use of Eckler? There's also concern that Eckler is a durability risk. He missed significant time last year. He did come back and finish strong. He was special when he's out on the field, but he's a guy that can easily catch 80 to 90 passes in this offense. And uh, they lose uh, Hunter Henry, so they're going to have to diversify away from the wide receivers in a different sense. So Eckler is certainly going to be an elite receiving back in PPR. I don't think this would be a question. It would be Austin Eckler all the way. Half point makes you think twice a little bit about Eckler versus Taylor. We look at Taylor and his situation here. And Quentin Nelson's on the shelf. Hopefully he gets back. Carson Wentz is on the shelf. Hopefully he gets back. If he doesn't have his best offensive lineman, a legit starting quarterback, teams are going to stack the box, be able to have good matchups inside with their defensive fronts to slow down Jonathan Taylor. You also, like Austin Eckler, not being a guy that's going to see that key volume in those uh, rushing situations where you do have Justin Jackson, Joshua Kelly, the rookie Larry Roundtree, say that fast, the rookie Larry Roundtree there is in the mix as well. 
So again, Eckler's probably not going to get a chunk of that. They'll be careful with the usage there. But again, they could also load it up on Kamara, where we've seen Jonathan Taylor. We did see Nick Sirianni leave. Frank Reich does call the plays here. Will Jonathan Taylor be the same workhorse? Marlon Mack was hurt last year. Now he's healthy. Naeem Hines is not going anywhere as a receiving back. Taylor is also capable receiver as well, but he's going to get a lot of his work on the early down. So when you compare these two guys, Eileen Austin Eckler, I think he has a little bit more dynamic ability here, and I think he'll get more inside touches than you think. The only question is the durability, but in half point, full PPR, I think Eileen Eckler, I think in standard, certainly I go towards Taylor in making this decision. I'm just a little bit worried about Taylor, a little bit of sophomore slump cooling down and not living up to the expectations, where I think Eckler could certainly boost up here in this new offense for the Chargers. The final debate we'll talk about in this first segment, and we'll get to 13 eventually. We'll get 10 more after this. It is Joe Mixon in one corner from the NFC or AFC North, and you have uh, also from the AFC North, Najee Harris, the rookie for the Steelers. Now, Joe Mixon, there's a lot of things there that people point to. No Giovanni Bernard. Chris Evans is his best competition, a youngster here. Are they going to feed him a lot here? But keep in mind, this could be a high-volume throwing team. They could be trailing. Joe Mixon is very game script dependent with his usage sometimes. And they don't mind going away from him with Zach Taylor. And you got three great receivers now. Jamar Chase, T. Higgins, Tyler Boyd. you got some help with tight end with C.J. Uzuma coming back here for Joe Burrow. I think it's going to be a high-volume passing team. Defense still in progress here. Offensive line still a question mark for the Bengals. A little bit better, I think. But Joe Burrow can bury... Those problems a little bit better than Mixon. Mixon also coming off major durability issues. Couldn't stay healthy at all. And they just strung him along last year. Didn't put him on IR. Very frustrating for fantasy football managers. And there's that consideration. Najee Harris is fresh. He's in the league from Alabama. He's got pretty good workhorse pedigree. He also had a pretty good workload. While with the Crimson Tide, the numbers have been very great. His offensive line is also in question. They overhauled that in Pittsburgh. But even though uh, Joe Burrow... Has the upside with his three receivers. Uh, the Steelers are not bad there and be able to spread the field horizontally with Chase Claypool and Deontay Johnson on the outside, Juju Smith-Schuster there in the slot. You also have Derek Watt, a pretty good blocking fullback, and you have uh, Pratt Freermuth joining Eric Ebron at tight end to give different looks here with 12 personnel that you can uh, run there. So you can spread the field and get Harris going. You can use the extra blockers to get Harris going. I don't know if Joe Mixon, the Bengals' offense, is going to be more conducive to helping the running game, where they might be just fine with Joe Burrow throwing it around the park, where we know the Steelers are going to be way committed to the running game, and their early indication is they're going to give Harris, Belkow, workhorse touches. So I'm making the call here. So we went with Kamara in the battle versus Henry. We went with Eckler, barely, over Taylor. And here we're going to go with Harris definitively over Joe Mixon in our first three running back battles. These are the fantasy football draft debates that will pop up at various stages in your draft, especially when you're deciding with two players from the same position. So again, good stuff there. We will uh, continue to break these down. Ten more to go like this. So pretty deep here. So we go well beyond the RB5s for you to uh, give you how to uh, construct your roster, not just early, but late as well when filling out depth. I did tell you at the top, this episode is brought to you by rockauto.com. With the ever-increasing numbers of makes and models, it's now possible for your local chain auto parts store to stock all the parts you need. Why are often pointless or seemingly intimidating questioning? And while the counterman 
orders the parts on their computer, choosing the only brand their warehouse happens to carry. You have computers with access to rockauto.com at home and in your pocket. Save time and money when using Rock Auto. Why choose to spend 30, 50, even 100% more for the same parts from a chain store or car dealership? That's silly. When Rock Auto prices are reliably low for every customer, they have everything you could need. Brake parts, tail lamps, motor oil, and, motor oil, and even new carpet. They'll have the hardest parts you can find there. I need a console for the middle of my 2009 Honda card. They had that. I have a C-Max Energy, a rare car there from Ford. It's a hybrid uh, plug-in. They had a special part for that as well. Super cheap versus what I would pay in other places there. So you got to check it out at Rock Auto. They have everything, again, that you can imagine. Go explore their easy-to-use website today to find the solution to your auto part needs. Go to rockout.com right now and see all the products available for your car, truck, right locked on in there. How did you hear about us box that they know that we sent you? Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. Find them at rockauto.com. We'll be right back here to uh, continue our look at the best running back debates for fantasy football when you're in the clock in your 2021 drafts. All right, let's continue here. So we got through uh, Kamara over Henry. We got uh, Eckler over Taylor, Harris over Mixon. Now we have David Montgomery versus Chris Carson. This one's a tough one. Some changes here, definitely around the running game. David Montgomery, let's start with him. It's still Matt Nagy, but Bill Lazor is in there at this point. Montgomery was huge for the Bears down the stretch. He finished as a borderline RB1. You didn't have Tariq Cohen, however, available. You also didn't have a guy like uh, Damian Williams available. So they have a little bit more depth now. Cohen, we know, can steal touches in the passing game. You also have a completely different complementary quarterback situation with Andy Dalton maybe starting first and then handing off to Justin Fields at some point. So you might have more of a rushing element should the Bears go to Fields here. And that could help uh, the way that Montgomery's usage is. But he was very good from the last year. I think he's in a good spot. He overcame some offensive line issues. I think he's going to be the featured guy here that so I trust pretty well. Again, maybe lose a few touches, all that. He's on the borderline there as a guy that I consider getting 20 touches per game. Then you have Chris Carson. He's a major durability risk every year, but what is the competition right now? Rashad Penny is still on the shelf here. Does uh, DJ Dallas carve out another key role behind Chris Carson? And Dallas filled in well for Carson last year. They go diversifying the passing game and trust Russell Wilson more and rely less on the stodgy like running back situation they've had for a while. With Daryl Bevel and then uh, Brian Schottenheimer trying to run, 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 set up uh, Russell Wilson to throw deep. So does Carson get some checkdowns and all that? Or do other players get that? They incorporate third wide receiver tight end more than Carson. So Carson has been pretty valuable as a borderline RB1, RB2. I just don't know if the upside is there. I think he's running into a wall here. Well, Montgomery's a young, promising back here coming off a good start. So I like the Seahawks offense better as a whole. But I'm going to say David Montgomery I'm taking over Chris Carson. The next battle is uh, Daryl Henderson versus Miles Sanders. Daryl Henderson is primed to be the Rams' starting running back. It's hard to know what exactly he's going to do because we haven't seen him in the preseason. They're very careful. They rest him. But he's clearly the guy with Cam Akers on the shelf. They don't have anybody else at this point. They're not calling Todd Gurley. Malcolm Brown is gone. Daryl Henderson clearly is going to get key feature touches here in this situation where you look at uh, Miles Sanders, and I have trouble with this one, so... It's uh, very uh, questionable there with uh, Miles Sanders, given you have Kenneth Gainwell. I know they just released uh, on Johnson in Philadelphia, but Kenneth Gainwell, Boston Scott are still legitimate threats to see key touches here if they go hot-hand committee approach with Sirianni. 
here, I think he's going to look more into that because he doesn't know Sanders the way he knew Jonathan Taylor last year. It could turn into Sanders seeing key touches. But overall, I think the Rams are a better offense. They're going to play with leads more often because their defense. The Eagles may struggle a little bit. They could throw a lot with the Jalen Hurts. Hurts could also cut into Sanders' value on the ground. The Rams, we know, have Matthew Stafford. They're going to run the ball. So easy decision here. I'm going Daryl Henderson over Miles Sanders at that spot there in the draft. And we're talking about picks here. Uh, we're in the 20s here. So Dave Montgomery, Chris Carson, more in the teens. Daryl Henderson versus Miles Sanders right there when we start the 20s on the board at running back. So we slide down a little bit to, down to the mid-20s, and we have Travis Etienne at 25 and Javante Williams at 26. I like Etienne a lot. I think he could be special. I think he's a better value if you can get him over James Robinson. Robinson a few picks later, he's going at 30. But I do like Javante Williams a lot more 26. I think he has a clear path to key touches here where Etienne's going to have to worry about Robinson. He's not totally going away early, but Melvin Gordon certainly could go away for the Broncos. So Williams, they traded up to get him in the second round. I loved this kid out of North Carolina. He had an argument that he was the best overall running back in this class over Etienne, who ended the first round to be in a change of pace, Kamara-like wide receiver hybrid role for the Jaguars. So that's what concerns me. Will he get the key touches on early downs where I think Javonta Williams, I could see expand his role. He's a power back, but I could see that creep into some work in third downs, and they trust him there. But we know with Vic Fangio, he wants to run the ball. I think the Jaguars certainly want to run the ball and take pressure off Trevor Lawrence, but they can throw it with Lawrence where you have Drew Locke versus Teddy Bridgewater in this other situation. So I'm going Javonta Williams there and feeling really good about it over Etienne in terms of rookie I want to target. We talked a little bit about James Robinson. We go into the 30s here. He's very closely linked to a rookie, Michael Carter. So rookie versus second year undrafted player. Michael Carter has a lot of upside. The Jets have not really established who their starting running back is going to be, but we know it's certainly not going to be Ty Johnson. Carter with his speed is a great fit for this offense. He's a good complement from the Williams days in North Carolina. So explosive player. I think they're going to go that direction. Well, James Robinson just is capped by the – Presence of Etienne, who at one point is going to uh, creep into the early down and the touchdown work there of Robinson on top of the receiving work. So, Michael Carter, you could see some receiving ability here. I don't know if you'll see a lot here. They have some depth at wide receiver, the Jets do, but I do like the rushing system that Carter's in. I do like little limited competition. Tevin Coleman, Ty Johnson just not doing it for me. Fits perfectly in that zone run blocking scheme that carries from San Francisco to New York. So I'm going, yeah, for sure Michael Carter over James Robinson when faced with that choice here. We'll, we'll talk about two more and say four for our final segment. Next one up is Ronald Jones the second. He's 33rd on a lot of lists. 34 is Trey Sermon. So battling that, you look at Ronald Jones, it's complicated for Ronald Jones because now you have Leonard Fournette, who's Key part of what the Bucks did last year in the playoffs. He's 37, so that tells you right away there's a split there. You also had Gio Bernard, who's going to be tabbed for some duties in the receiving work. We saw that early in the first uh, preseason action for the Buccaneers. They're not going to deny that Tom Brady likes that type of receiver, a James White type that he's going to throw to out of the backfield as a security valve. Ronald Jones has nothing in terms of his hands here. So you look at Ronald Jones, and the battle here is against Trey Sermon of the 49ers. Rookie with upside versus a guy stuck in a committee. Sermon does have to worry about Raheem Mostert and one Jeff Wilson Jr. Mostert is ranked 29. Wilson Jr. way off the radar. 
there, just not expected to stay healthy and do anything. He's at number 74. But Trey Sermon is just right in between these two guys. I love Sermon. The running style, again, like Michael Carter, fits the scheme. So a lot of parallels right there between Sermon and Carter. Sermon is a little bit like Tevin Coleman there in terms of that young big back that could help one uh, Kyle Shanahan, but very agile had a very explosive running for Ohio State last year. Also played at Oklahoma before. Ronald Jones is just a guy. He needs uh, some big runs and big games and scores to really pat his hats, where I think Sermon could be more of a regular player in that offense uh, for the 49ers at some point here soon, given Mostert and Wilson and their durability issues. All right, last one we'll cover here is Gus Edwards versus A.J. Dillon. This is pretty close. 40 for Gus Edwards in the ranking, 41 for Dillon. Edwards is a pretty good power back overall. We know he's not going to go anywhere. He's going to compliment J.K. Dobbins and Lamar Jackson on the ground a lot. A.J. Dillon steps into the Jamal Williams-type role here, replacing Williams. Essentially, Williams moves on to back up DeAndre Swift and the Giants. The so last year, Jamal Williams finished... Uh, in the mid to late 30s, so he's a flex play that you can look at there. So there's some opportunity there. A.J. Dillon uh, finished way down there, but he looked pretty good. He had 5.3 yards per attempt. He didn't totally look like a zero as a receiver. That was a question mark, but a very powerful, efficient runner. Great offensive line. Going to get some good opportunities to score and be active. So where do we go, Gus Edwards or A.J. Dillon? By the way, Jamal Williams is ranked one spot after A.J. Dillon. I think that's kind of interesting. I think I'm going with Gus Edwards. I think he's going to see regular carries. He's going to be very efficient. Really like the Ravens running game. He last year was 35th, so keep that in mind. That was with Mark Ingram in the mix early. So he's got some good value, flex. But I'd say if you're going to say standard versus half point or full PPR, it's it's going to be tough because I don't see a lot of receiving from either one of these backs. It's not their strength. I'd say Dylan would maybe get the slight lean in full PPR, but in a standard and half PPR, I'm going with Gus Edwards. I really like him as that value. There, again, you can plug and play him. If something happens to J.K. Dobbins, you know you have the keys to a potential elite RB1. So everything is special there when you look at Gus Edwards in the right situation. All right, we do have four more situations to talk about. We've uh, knocked down a nine for you on the show. I do have to remind you about Bet Online, the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Baseball season is down the stretch here as we head towards the postseason. You can track all the action better line. The NFL is just getting started with the preseason. Week 2 around the corner here this weekend. Get all the latest news, odds, and information for your sporting needs, including MLB, NFL, and all of your UFC, MMA action. Big uh, fight as well this week, so check that out. Before the next pitch, kickoff, or Fight, head over to BetOnline or your laptop or mobile device and check out all the great sporting news, sign-up bonuses, and contest information. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore. This is your chance to get in the game as teams continue their runs to the MLB playoffs and start their runs here in the NFL regular season coming up around the corner. And don't forget about those NFL futures and props as well. Head to the website or use a mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus or your first deposit. All you have to do is enter the promo code LOCKEDON. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. We'll be right back to uh, wrap up the show, looking at four more late-round draft debates to consider here in 2021 fantasy football. All right, to let us uh, close the show, we have had a lot of interesting debates here, and it's fun. We want to know what we're going to do on the clock when faced with these decisions here, especially if we're looking at a certain position. Again, we'll do this again with uh, quarterbacks and wide receivers to close out the week. Today is Wednesday, so... Again, check out uh, the Fantasy Live show tonight. Do you have time to do that at 9 p.m. Eastern? Uh, check us out on Twitter there. 
and the Locked On NFL YouTube page. All right, let's uh, go into these next few debates. It is a handcuff debate. Now we're to that portion of the draft. You have Tony Pollard versus Latavius Murray, 45-46, back-to-back in the rankings. I think I'm going Latavius Murray here. We'll break this down quickly for you. Tony Pollard, again, was special at times, but Ezekiel Elliott was not himself. He was playing hurt. He had a tough time with that back Prescott. Now Prescott's back. Elliott should get a high volume again. Pollard, Pollard is more a complimentary back. He also needed him as checkdowns and all that, but Elliott can handle himself in the passing game. you got plenty else in the passing game with between the three wide receivers, Amari Cooper, CeeDee Lamb, and Michael Gallup, and then you get into a little bit of Blake Jarwin and Dalton Schultz at tight end. So Pollard may not be needed as much in the passing game here. I think he's a solid handcuff. Ezekiel Elliott, good insurance policy there, but Latavius Murray I think is a little bit better because, remember, we have Kamara third on our board here is where we're looking at uh, mainly here. So, yeah, I like uh, the situation with uh, Latavius Murray. There, if you uh, look at the Saints, they've hinted about cutting him for Devonta Freeman. If that happens, of course, we're going all in on Pollard, and Freeman is going to be more of a late-round flyer as a backup. But Murray's been very good. They're going to be run-heavy team. I think Murray might have more independent value than Pollard this year. So it all says that's where you would go, Latavius Murray over Tony Pollard. This battle is interesting. It sounds like a couple of composers here at number 51 down uh, you have uh, Gio Bernard, Giovanni Bernard of the Buccaneers, and Tarek Cohen of the Bears. This one's a tough one. I mean, both are going to be basically scat backs that uh, get some receiving work here. Tarek Cohen is going to be involved. They like him. It's a Matt Nagy favorite. They want to complement uh, the play of David Montgomery different ways. Cohen can also cross over and help with wide receiver, where their second-best ap- option after Allen Robinson, Darnell Mooney, then a big drop-off after that. So Cohen might see... A hybrid role here, but Bernard is more dedicated as a pass-catching back. So, again, PPR, I think you easily go with Bernard. Half-point uh, PPR, I think you also go with Bernard. I think you'll see more volume than you think. Ronald Jones not the most durable back. Neither is Leonard Fournette here in their past. So, Bernard could carve out a big role, and he's had a decent role in the past with Joe Mixon being on the shelf and all that. He's going to be instantly very special for you, where Tyre Cohen's going to need a lot of things to fall into place. There's another back that you have to worry about there in Chicago, Damian Williams. So, yeah, totally going to Gio Bernard to squeeze out some PPR value. And I think he might be the guy I look at in half and full point PPR over even trying to get Jones or Fournette. Get some cheap value out of Bernard, knowing that, again, one of those two guys could be hurt. He's going to cut into Fournette's receiving work. And at some point, he could also be the main guy in early downs should Jones go back on the shelf. This is, next one is an interesting debate. It's uh, kind of clouding our feelings about a couple running backs here. Malcolm Brown, 57 of the Dolphins, and right behind him is Sonny Michelle. They're pretty close in the rankings here. Malcolm Brown uh, shocked everyone by starting the Dolphins preseason game against the Bears. He got in there, Salvin Ahmed, Miles Gaskin. They hinted at a big committee here. I think Gaskin is still the guy that I would target, and he's Value continues to drop here pretty quickly. He's going 24th. I wouldn't go as an RB2 like that, but a few rounds later, yes. But keep in mind, they tricked us with the Matt Breida, Jordan Howard thing and went with Gaskin last year. I don't think they're totally lying. They like Malcolm Brown. He's a good utilitarian back. He can do all right. He's a power back. He's a good third down back. He can catch passes if needed. But still, he's got to worry about Ahmed, who think, I think has a bigger upside with the speed and gasking him in a regular role. With Sonny Michelle, he's got to worry about Damian Harris right now, who's uh, 
tab for the key role here. He's at ranked 28th here, just outside of the RB2s. Then you have James White, who's ranked 49th here because of his receiving prowess. Half point, a little bit more value and a full point total more value for James White. Otherwise, so you can't really look at him in standard leagues. But Damian Harris going way up there in the top 30. And you have Sonny Michel not going anywhere as a power back. But it's really hard to see how things break down because Harris has had durability issues. James White has been pretty durable. But we've also seen Sonny Michel break down. So Michel might have a role here. I'm going with Malcolm Brown. I think he's a better lottery ticket here than Sonny Michel. Overall, there's too much of a crowd there. You also have Ramondre Stevenson, the rookie from Oklahoma, on top of White and what Harris can do on early down. So I don't see a big role for Michel. Michel's not going to give me anything in the receiving game. Or Malcolm Brown, I think, is capable if needed there and can score a few touchdowns here for the Dolphins. All right, then the last debate we'll talk about, and uh, speaking of the Dolphins, we've talked about some of these guys a little bit. Uh, the former Dolphin is involved in this one. Damian Williams versus Daryl Williams. They were teammates with the Chiefs. Daryl is still with the Chiefs. They're behind Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, and you have uh, now Damian Williams behind David Montgomery. So a little handcuff battle. Who's got more independent value? I think it's Daryl Williams. I think he's going to see some key targets there and touches to spell Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. They like him a lot. He does all the fundamentals right here for the Chiefs. Andy Reid is going to trust him in key situations with Patrick Mahomes. But Damon Williams, very accomplished, has some history with Matt Nagy. But you do have Cohen in there with uh, David Montgomery. And you worry about his role a little bit. Uh, Damon Williams has been a very strong backup. And when given the opportunity, we've seen that with the Chiefs. He can go off. But, yeah, I'm going Daryl Williams, the Chiefs incumbent here, versus the Bears, uh, former Chief here in this battle. All right, so there's today's show. We've broken up 13 running back draft decision debates there. We will do that again with quarterbacks. So, so a lot of good quarterback debates all across the board. We'll break those down for you. This is going to help you when you're on the clock so you're prepared and you can make those decisions fast versus not knowing where to go and see time run out and you're uncertain about the decision to end. Be decisive, make the right moves, feel great about your pick. And if you analyze the situation and really look, it doesn't matter who's ranked ahead of who, if they're really close together, that's the decision you're going to have to make ultimately, and that's what we're going to help you do here on Locked On Fantasy Football. Betting on the NFL doesn't have to be a guessing game. If you listen to the new Locked On Bets podcast, hosted by your boy Q and handicapping expert Lee Sterling, get daily picks, blowout specials, wrong team favorite picks, Lee Sterling's lock of the day. Follow Locked On Bets podcast brought to you by BetOnline.ag wherever you get your podcasts. This has been another edition of Locked On Fantasy Football. This has been your host, Vinny Iyer. Don't forget, I'll be on there. Locked On NFL YouTube page, answering your questions as well as uh, our whole team there on Locked On Fantasy Football. There, so good team of experts. We'll get all your questions answered there. Check them out on Twitter. Check it out live. We will uh, take care of everything we can there for you one hour tonight live at 9 p.m. Eastern Time. For Locked On Fantasy Football, again, this has been Vinny Iyer. Have a great day. See you tomorrow.